on this week's episode, we talk about how we'd be different if we weren't disabled. Yes, we talk about some things that might be better, some things that might be worse, but just how our lives might be different. So stick around. Hello and welcome to Rare with Flair. The podcast where two best friends with the same rare disease are living our best lives. I'm your host, Cassandra. And I'm your host, Casey. Oh, you guys, we have so much. We have so much to talk about. But this is a very special episode. And you might think, why? Well, it is episode 73. Yes, and you still might be thinking, why? Why? Is that special <laughs> at all? Cass, do you want to tell okay. them in your own so, words? I have this memory of, okay, <laughs> of course, because I remember, we both remember dates so well. I remember we had been doing this podcast for several months. It was January of 2021. I know this because I was like getting ready to move out of my apartment. Um, and I'm sitting on the couch. Casey and I are exchanging some memos. And we were we were joking about like, you know, we didn't have plans to stop the podcast, of course, but we didn't know how long we would be doing this for. And we kept joking about like, LOL, when we make it to episode 73, wouldn't that be a trip? Like, yeah, <laughs> and we're here. We're, we're here. here. I mean, official officially, we've put out more than 73 episodes, but like this is the official episode 73. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I think at the time we were maybe only on episode like 12 or something when we yeah. were having this conversation. So episode 73 felt impossible. Like we were kind of laughing like, well, that'll never happen. Like we'll never reach 73. And <laughs> we are here. And like Cass said, we have had some mini episodes, which makes this actually episode like probably 76 or something like that. But right. technically it is called episode 73 and we made it, girl. It, it's, it might just be between us and no one else was in on this like little joke we had going, but we made it. And it's really, it's really crazy actually. <laughs> It's so wild that we're here and still making this show, still without any plans to end the show. And I think in honor... So actually, the the day that we're recording this, it'll come out after, but the day that we're recording this is just before the day of our official Potiversary. We did our Potiversary episode last last time, but but we have something special for you guys for our third Potiversary. Yes. Do you want to tell the pokes? Tell the folks. Sure. We are launching a revamped version of our logo. Woo! Yay. Yeah. So you know our logo. You know it. You love it. It's staying kind of the same, but we're just revamping it a bit. We're just changing it up. Um, so it'll still be recognizable to everyone what it is. But, uh, you know, new colors, new fonts, new stuff. And... I'm really excited. Cass, I'm giving Cass all the credit. Cass is our our good graphic designer over here and um, did a really good job kind of keeping the integrity of what our logo looks like, but kind of changing it up. And so you should be seeing it now when this episode is yeah. out. It should be there. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't, to be clear, I didn't draw the art Um. Uh, Casey's friend Sarah did that which again thank you so much Sarah 
for and like we bugged her a couple times throughout these three years to like hey can you you know change this color really quickly and she's been really great and has sent us a lot of uh, of the proofs of the same image with like transparent backgrounds and all that but I I thought you know it's been three years I kind of also wanted something with maybe a little bit better contrast um, and in the spirit of new design I updated our website to kind of match the theme hopefully with also better color contrast so I uh, hope you take a look I hope you enjoy the new vibe but you know pretty much the the integrity of it like Kay said is is the same so yeah and we were thinking we were like hey you know what this means we could do new merch <laughs> Ooh, so I don't know stay tuned for that also if we hear clamoring from the people we'll maybe do something but uh, <laughs> in the meantime if you've got something with the old logo you now have vintage merch vintage <laughs> Um, we also, yeah, and that's so exciting about the new website, too. Go check it out, rarewithflare.com. Um, we have a lot of announcements, though, because we also wanted to make another announcement that we were both recently guests on Jenny Bovard's podcast called Low Vision Moments. It is Yay. a really funny story time based podcast hosted by Jenny where she has guests on to tell funny low vision moment stories and ours was more health related some TMI health stories some you may have already heard on our podcast and some brand new that you may not have heard but that we haven't told before and we had a really good time with Jenny she's so gracious and very kind and humble and we want to support her so please go support her show um she deserves all the accolades and support Jenny is amazing and she's so professional too. Like we we listened to the episode. It came out today the the day that we're recording this episode, but um you know, should already be out by the time that y- you're enjoying this episode too. And she's just such a talent. Really has a, a professional radio style presence and listening back to it, I was like, oh, I was just honored that we were able to be featured on her show. And, um, you know, definitely check her out. It does, uh, you know, our podcast is family friendly. Um, hers is not. So just bear that in mind. Uh, it's got some naughty words that we wouldn't say here, but. <laughs> yes, it has the explicit rating. So just just so you're aware. I know a lot of our listeners also listen to her, though. So it's like the crossover that maybe you all want. Yes. <laughs> It's like the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour of blind <laughs> podcast. Niche reference if anyone got that. I love you. <laughs> it's like, it's the most of our generation reference I think I could have made in this I moment. I absolutely um, got it. And I hope a lot of you did too. Um, thank you. Have you been, girl, though? Have you been? You know what? I've been good. I've been hanging. I think that you have been going through it do you want to tell the listeners about your life lately sure before i do though i want to say i did go to uh be staff at noah camp um which was noah Noah family camp is the official name sorry noah family camp it was a great time um i did that uh about two weeks ago and it lasted about a week and it was uh, or i was gone for about a week because i got there early it was a great time i am here here to promote it it's every two years if you are between the ages of around seven and 17 um and it's a family camp siblings are invited to for people uh, kids with albinism through noah so it was a very fun time being staffed there but also what Cass is referring to is right when i got back from camp <laughs> um 
Yeah, my city's water has diesel fuel in it, uh, which sounds kind of hilarious if it weren't so bad. So, yeah, we just haven't really had water for, you know, drinking, showering, cooking, cleaning, laundry, all of that. Luckily, I'm really lucky to have a sister who lives outside of my city where I can go to about a little over 30 minutes away, about 40 minutes away. Uh, where I can shower and, uh, you know, get more drinking water from her. But it has been, it has been a time and things are maybe kind of looking up, but it's, uh, I actually was just interviewed for NBC News nationally. I, I'm telling you right now, Cassandra, that I actually, oh, wow. that I actually, you did it. Interv- I did do this interview anonymously. She finally let me do it anonymously. Um, <laughs> so I gave some information. Yeah, so if you see NBC News post about this crisis, it's about my city. <laughs> Woo! I, I, you know, and and always appreciate your perspective and your uh, positivity and bright side of like, yeah, it's great that you do have Lindley. But like, I also don't want to downplay the situation. I'm not, obviously, like, as you guys know, we live in different cities and different states, frankly. So, um, you know, this is... I've been I've been kept up to date as this has gone on and like it's been it's been rough though like you don't realize all of the things that you use water for and because you in this case you can't boil it cuz it might catch fire cuz it's flammable um like it, it makes it extremely difficult to do anything. And, you know, she does have her sister nearby, but at the same time, her sister has a family too. So it's not like they can just like crash there. Yeah, and it'd be hard. It, it's, yeah. So, you know, thoughts and prayers to, to Casey and her city uh, as they're trying to navigate this really difficult issue. So. Yes, and I do appreciate that. I appreciate Cass for listening to all my ups and downs throughout this process. It has been a trip. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's putting it lightly. <laughs> it's really it's yeah, it's really one of those like the um life moment. And we've talked about this on the pod before. Those moments in life where like you know bad things are going to happen in life, that's life, but it's never the bad things you think are going to. It's always like the right. most random thing that you never would have thought. Like if someone would have told me this was going to happen, I mean, you just never really think life can comes at you fast sometimes. Um Right. <laughs> yeah, and it can be surprising. I feel like with us a lot of times it is the more weird things that happen. I know. <laughs> like of course that would happen to us, right? Like <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, but have you been? What about you? Any I've been I've been good, honestly, very lucky uh out here. I uh I I usually relegate a lot of my doctor's appointments to July. Um so I, I got my my yearly pulmonary function test. I actually am getting it done twice this year because I'm going to the NIH later. But, uh, but yeah, my lungs look great. I'm happy to report. Yeah, great. Uh, another year as we go on in this life, my lungs still look great. So I'm, I'll take the win and run away with it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Woo. But we have a really interesting episode. So I'm pretty sure this was Casey's idea uh, because she has the good ideas. And... <laughs> <laughs> poo poo, that is no, so not it. <laughs> Still, though, I mean, it, it's a really interesting thought experiment slash, I, I don't know, it's a little bit of a brain breaker, but 
It's funny, when we were preparing for this episode, we were both saying, like, we came up with these lists of, of ways that we would be different without a disability, like, very quickly, like, in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like we said in the cold open, some of them are, are ways our lives have been improved by it or and ways our lives have been made worse by it, you know? So it's, inter- it's interesting. I think it's good and bad, and we're just going to share those. Would you like to start... Sure. So, and I think I sp- a lot of these lists, we're going to go back and forth, but they speak for both of us pretty much. We agree. We, we mm-hmm. talked about these prior and agree on all these things. So um, I think the knowledge that we have about health and disability is mm-hmm. something that if we were not born with Hermansky-Pelleck syndrome, that we would not have. So I... Um, I not only have I learned a lot about vision impairment, I've learned a lot about other disabilities too. I think I know more about the deaf community and and other disabilities than probably the average person. I also mm-hmm. think I know more about health and medical terms than the average person. I'm I'm not a doctor, but I'm talking about just your average Joe. I think you and I, just being in this world, um, we know we have a lot of knowledge about different disabilities and different health conditions. Yeah, and, like, that also goes for the insurance system. Like, I, I, it wasn't great to have to try and navigate the insurance system after I turned 18, still not really knowing much of what was going on and trying to learn about other adult things. But at the same time, when my friends have insurance questions, I, I a lot of times know the answer. And... I give advice to people that might be like twice my age and be like, hey, you know what? You should call your insurance company and like talking. You know, we know too much. And sometimes that's actually really helpful. Right. I would say also like pharmacy and medication things. Oh, my gosh. Um, Hospital experience when people are in the hospital and they're like asking me a certain thing. Yeah, I just I mean, it's hard. I think I've talked about this before. It's hard for me to not be a know it all. Um, with this and sometimes people tell me things where I'm like are you sure that's (laughs) you know I'm thinking in my brain like are you sure that's what the doctor said maybe not speaking aloud but sometimes I do because I'm hard-headed sometimes and (laughs) but uh, I try not to be a know-it-all about medical stuff but that's just been our world Um, yeah yeah it's wild it's wild knowing so much Uh, but I don't think that makes I don't know I I don't think you speaking out to people that you might have questions for is always a bad thing just because I think I think they are actually happy to find someone that might understand what they're talking about and uh, trying to process through. So if you know anything, it'll probably be beneficial. <laughs> right. And I think we can acknowledge that there is still so much that we don't know, too. We don't, oh, you know, definitely. There, there's so much about disability and different disabilities that are not my lived experience that I'm learning every day. Mm-hmm. So I think there's yeah. always room to grow. And I even learn more about my own experience, my own disability every day, you know. So <laughs> imagine learning about other people, you know. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so m- one of mine is the very first thing I thought of is that um, obviously I would probably have more pigment and I would probably look more like my family with whatever that brings with it. So I, I'm, I've thought through like, uh, you know, just for, I don't know, experimentation's sake, like, okay, what would I look like um, if I 
didn't have albinism and I didn't have like lighter skin. So I probably, my parents are still lighter skinned for being Latino. So um, I think I would look more like a Spanish girl than, you know, so like lighter in skin, dark hair, um, probably would still be, you know, the texture of the hair, everything would still be the same, but like, um, you know, maybe brown eyes. I think everyone in my family kind of has brown eyes anyway. So like, uh, yeah. And, and again, whatever that would entail, I don't know if, um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to say this and make it sound like I'm not engaged in, um, in, my my culture and the culture that uh, my heritage that you know we came from in Puerto Rico um, growing up here but I might have connected it with it a little bit more deeply or been more involved in Hispanic spaces just because I don't know people would probably believe me when I said I was Hispanic um, but you know my engagement then in the disability community probably wouldn't have happened like you were saying right and I know like I think you showed me one time a picture of a cousin you have that kind of looks like you but with yeah. darker features and so that's kind of an interesting way to maybe see what you would look like without albinism but it's hard to know right. it's hard to know right exactly yeah I am Caucasian and my family is fairly light um, my mom and my sister have blonde hair, but I'm going to out them that, um, they get their hair, you know, <laughs> dyed. Um, and they do have darker roots. I'm just saying I don't, <laughs> um, and that's not like a flex, but I actually like got my hair trimmed recently and I was like, I don't know, should I get highlights? Cause I'll do that sometimes to lighten it up and. She was like, no. She was like, you really, like, don't need it. Like, you're, like, she was kind of pointing out how rare it is to have my color hair naturally. And it is. Like, even as a white person, it's rare to have my color hair naturally. It is. Like, Mm -hmm. I would say it's probably a very small percentage of people that don't dye their hair blonde who actually have blonde hair. Um, So I think that's different. But I can't say that my skin would be very different because I come from a fairly pale family anyway um I don't know though actually my mom can tan really pretty dark so um yeah she can she can so actually who the heck knows um my eyes are weirdly a dark color already um yeah right so I think my hair I think my hair would be darker I don't I don't know if it would be very dark but I think it would definitely be darker yeah Mm. Mm mm-hmm okay so next, we talked about this, but it's a real one. I think we would not be as good at memorizing or adapting if mm-hmm. we, I think we have a whole episode on memorization. If you haven't heard it, I actually think it's a pretty interesting listen. But yeah. we, we've had to memorize so much just to adapt and to get by. And that worked a muscle in our brain of memorizing um, that I don't think we would have. I think we would have naturally had good memories anyway, but but like you were saying, it's the repetitive flexing of it that we don't even try to do. It's just part of our coping mechanism that's pretty much built in that we would not have to exercise it as much because I don't know. I don't know. Sighted people are kind of lazy. Take that as you will, but like, they can look at everything and get the answers right there. And 
I remember, like, in college, I was talking with one of my roommates, and I was telling, I was giving her directions based on streets and on campus, and I knew campus extremely well. And I was giving exact street names, and she was like, I don't know where that is. Where is that? And I was like, how do you not know where that is? But she never had to. If she wanted to know what street she was on, she would look for it with her eyes. And so we probably would be doing that same kind of thing. Right. And that's a perfect example of the way that we have to rely on our memory instead of on our vision. We even, especially in school, I think, uh, when the teacher would be, you know, writing things quickly or whatever, we would just listen and hear it and write it down and memorize it. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that's a good one. I think um, being born with a disability has made me way more accepting of differences and just more open-minded. I think I've always been, and this might be kind of part of my personality anyway, like we keep saying, it's really hard to know. But I think I've always been someone who tries to include everyone, even if they are not uh, as typical or, you know, um, in school, you know, I would try to... I would try to like sit with the kids who were the odd one out maybe or try to relate because sometimes I felt that way too. I kind of always felt like I like towed the line of being like fitting in and not fitting in and because of my disability was part of it. But I always felt like I like could understand the quote unquote outcast a little more and tried to tried to like be more open minded and accepting of differences. So and I still try to be that way. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's that sensitivity and also empathy, frankly, to difference and understanding people's experience that may not even be like ours. Like what you were saying about learning about different kinds of disabilities earlier. Um, You know, we can more easily empathize just because we understand what it is to, I don't know, not have all of the things that we want our body to do. Okay, so um, thinking about... uh, This was a really interesting thing that popped into my head. So um, I've said before, I'm not like a huge animal person. I'm not like a big dog person either, which is really funny because, you know, I have Romana and I love Romana so much. Uh, more than I ever thought. But I wonder if I didn't need to have Romana because she is a guide dog after all. I wonder if I would have ever gotten a dog at all or ever really cared much to have a dog. Um, and Romana taught me a lot. Like she taught me and, and forced me to be more mature at 19 when I got her. I had to not only take care of myself in college, but I also had to take care of her needs. And, um, And it's been a super valuable experience. And I think that living alone, having a dog is super important because I I don't know. I wonder how I would have liked living alone if I didn't have a dog. It's like it's all kind of circular. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of, while you were talking about that, uh, my dog is being a little hyper right now. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I was having to. But it's funny that I, I don't have a guide dog, as many of you listening know. But I do think... Your dog is a huge part of your life that you that would be different. Not only would you probably not have a dog, but even if you did, you wouldn't have your dog. 
So I definitely agree with that. I think another thing that would be different um, is I wouldn't have some of the same anxieties that mm. I have. Um, we did a whole episode a while ago about, um, I think it was called The Blind Side of Mental Health. Ah, that's exactly yeah. what it was yeah. called. Just Ooh, pulled that way out. to go. That is what it was called. But um, just, you know, I feel like as women in general, um, it can maybe feel a little unsettling to walk places mm -hmm. alone. Um, and I think having a disability definitely for me adds on to that feeling of feeling unsettled about what people's intentions are when you can't read facial expressions, when you can't see the person and you see someone maybe coming toward you or you see a dog mm -hmm. coming toward you and you don't know if that dog is on a leash or right. not and you can't tell what's going on. It's all about intentions and just not being able to see that so much about how we communicate as humans is unspoken. Yeah. And we're not able to pick up on a lot of that. And I do think that can cause anxiety. I think another anxiety it can cause is um, just socially, I think I might be more outgoing if I could see better. I've always wanted to be the type of person that could go up to another person and be the first one to initiate conversation. And I'm not because it's harder for us to do. We can't see the, the people right. to do that. We can't find people. So I do think I'd be maybe more outgoing and a little less anxious. <laughs> and that's kind of a more negative right. you know we've talked about some of the positives i think that's maybe a, yeah yeah i yeah i can totally see that and even for me that i wouldn't consider myself to be like an anxious person these are all very real emotions and and anxieties that we just exist with so you know that would be nice uh to feel that assurance that you know we're not missing out on part of the conversation because we don't we don't get to see people's facial expressions uh super well or if at all so um i'm you know thinking of something that is i guess on the realm of taking risks like talk, going up to a stranger i think i would have been more likely to to maybe move away from home i wouldn't say that being disabled kept me from doing things that I wanted to. Um, and nor, you know, I don't live at home. I live independently on my own, as does Casey. Um, but that being said, I think I maybe wouldn't have valued community as much as I ended up, ended up doing just because I need a lot of I, I need a lot of assistance both from the community and from like services in my area and you know not to say that there would have been pros and cons with leaving but um, you know I already I'm already like medically established and that was a huge reason for me to want to stay in a in the city that I went to college and not too far from my parents. Um, I think that, you know, I would have, I wouldn't have had those as uh, needs and values. And so I, I probably would have just taken off and gone somewhere and done something, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But I, I think less of a desire or, or inclination to want to settle, which I have now and I like, and I like that I am like a property owner, right? I love that I have like a home base to live in and to come back to 
Um, I like being a townie and seeing cute things in my town, but I don't know if I would have valued those things as much if I would have just gone with the wind. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think everybody, all humans rely on other humans, you know, in some, I don't think, Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone is fully independent. I think that's like impossible Mm -hmm. unless you're like growing all your own food and you're like completely living alone. So, um, I agree that it does, it does take a village and with a disabled person, a little bit more assistance than the average, but, um, yeah, no, and I don't think that's a bad thing either, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing to kind of be part of your community. It is hard to start over medically, you know, and get all different doctors. Yeah. And when you're established somewhere, it can just be a lot easier. And I think it's also important, though, when you're a disabled person, to to try to be an established in a city that works for you, like a city that if you rely on Uber a lot, that maybe has that, or if you rely on certain things, mm-hmm. and that is a personal choice. Um, small town life might be better for some, big city life might be better for others, middle ground might be better, but I agree. I totally agree with you on that too. Um, let's see. Next, um, our, our careers, our jobs um, mm-hmm. would, I think, be different. Uh, if we weren't born with a disability, I work in the nonprofit space uh, for a few different nonprofits that have to do with our condition specifically. So I know I wouldn't have that job if it weren't for um, right. for this. But I don't know. I was telling Cass before we started, I think I might still be kind of in the nonprofit space. I'm an Enneagram, too. I like to help. I like to do that kind of thing and so I think I still would want to be in a job similar to what I'm doing um although I did uh major in musical theater so you know something like that but I enjoyed the work I enjoy like advocacy and like speaking out for um different things so I think yeah 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 I and I mean, Braille transcription that you're working on that and have been working on, that may not be something that you would have ventured to do no. if you didn't uh, understand how much, you know, people rely on it and need it. Right. I definitely don't think I would have gotten into Braille either. So that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think about that. I I think that similarly, I, I don't know if my career path would have been extremely different, but definitely my, my current job, my focus area in accessibility would be probably not be as present or if at all um i still probably would have maybe majored in like computer science and engineering the way that i did in undergrad uh but maybe with a different focus and maybe i would have been a software developer or maybe i would have been a tester and it's likely i would have found accessibility but would i have pivoted my career to focus on it i don't know a lot of my colleagues are disabled and a lot of them aren't Mm -hmm. and some people just discovered it and felt that they connected with it um even though they don't you know have a disability themselves um so maybe but i i don't know if it might have taken longer for me to find my way into this end of technology than it has so far because of my own lived experience yeah i think so well, I think the last thing that I was going to mention was my my worldview would be entirely different. Um, and I've talked about this before, and I mentioned it actually briefly as we, you know, kind of lightly roasted our first episode. <laughs> um, but having Hermansky-Pelec syndrome, especially the type that I have where 
I kind of know that I'm going to get pulmonary fibrosis in my life. That has shaped a lot of the way that I view the world. And the decisions that I make or don't make really have to revolve around that. Just understanding that life may not be long. Um, And, you know, not to get super morbid, but you never really know. And I don't know that I would have ever had that. I don't know. I, I don't know that I would have ever had that impressed on me if not for my own experience and understanding that, you know, this, I don't know, bad things could happen. And that doesn't make it, I don't know if that makes it better or worse, but I do feel like it has forced me to value life in a way that maybe others my age haven't had to. Um, and I think my worldview would probably be similar to people my age, but I was, so I was reading this book by a disabled author called My Body Is Not a Prayer Request, talking about disability in the church specifically. It's a really great book, but she was talking about, um, you know, a lot of times people see disability and especially people in, in the church, but, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys read the book for yourselves, but A lot of times people see disability and they think, you know, disability equals bad. You can't do something and that's bad. And a lot of it depends on how you look at it and the way that this author explores um, a lot of what makes disability bad is that we also kind of live in societies where it's expected that we uh, act like our able-bodied counterparts and we are not necessarily, society isn't built for us. And... One thing that she was talking about that is a blessing of disability is what you were saying earlier, that interdependence between people, um, we have to live in that. And again and again and again, we have to continue to ask our community for assistance. And that keeps a person humble, not as like a negative thing to constantly be asking because, it you know, it can get exhausting. But you... I don't know, it's, it's a little bit harder to get an inflated ego uh, when you understand the connectedness between all things and understand that, like, everybody needs each other. And we have to understand that as people with disabilities. Otherwise, we'll keep, you know, beating our heads against the wall. But um, I think that that's been, that's been a blessing in my life, especially as, like, a, an independent t- type of person that I like to believe that I can do a lot of things myself, and I can. But it's important to rely on others. Yeah, and I think I have a similarly different shaped worldview as well, but like by proxy of just knowing a lot of HPSers. Um, Mm. Because like we've said, my type of HPS is not supposed to get the lung disease. Um, But I do feel like you you can't be super involved in the HPS community and see what's going on and see how see the fragility of life and not be changed by it um even though I don't have the exact same worldview um as someone who might be getting the lung disease but I I'm when you're surrounded by that I think it definitely Mm -hmm. like makes you see life in a different way then maybe yeah maybe our mm-hmm. our people are same age and i've been wanting to check out that book i've heard a lot of good things about it and i think you and i see very eye to eye on that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. and yeah i definitely i'm glad for the knowledge and 
the worldview we have. Yeah. Um, and I also think there's one other thing that would be different if we didn't. I think I think I know. I think disease. I know. Well, we wouldn't be friends. Well, yeah, I was actually going to say we wouldn't have this podcast. But also, I, I knew you were, but I just we realized literally, we wouldn't yeah, we be literally friends. wouldn't know each other. We only have connected over our disability, and that's, like, the only reason we ever would have had to meet. That's crazy to think about, and I think, like, it's not just each other. It's, like, we have a whole community of people that we know mm-hmm. and enjoy spending time with, and we would not have that. And I think that, out of all the things we've listed, is the biggest blessing in my life out of all of these things yeah. um, is the people. We've met so many great people. Thinking about not having encountered you organically in the real world honestly makes me really sad. Like, I, yeah, I, and it's like, like there's no way we ever would have have encountered no. each other organically. Ever. No, we live we live in completely different states. Um, I I don't know. I mean, we we've taken different like paths. I never would have really been an an actress. So like. I don't know that we would have ever interacted. And no. that is tragic. <laughs> no. And, you know, it's funny about you saying I would have, I don't think I would have been an, been an actress. You know, I was thinking, oh, well, like the, the low vision acting space is pretty small. Like a lot of us know each other. But I was thinking we wouldn't be low vision. So even if you like acted, there's like right. a billion people acting. Like it's not, you know, yeah, there's no way. There's zero way we would have ever crossed paths. That's wow. so weird. It's really weird. Uh, so, I but think, for all yeah. for all of the negative things, I'm. I, I don't know. Thinking through this list, I was like, oh yeah, okay, this probably would be different, maybe. And again, like Casey said, like it's hard to really, it's hard to really know how yeah. we would be different. But, um, I just like I don't know. I thought about the ways, and I was like, ah. But I like who I am. And yeah. I think as you become more of an adult and it's harder to, I don't know, you continue to make decisions based on the things that have happened to you throughout your life. So you continue to be more and more distanced from that person that you could have been if you didn't have a disability. Um, but I, I don't know. I really like who I am with all of the issues that it could sometimes bring. Um, and I'm glad that I know you. Yes, I completely agree. I think we're in a good spot. We don't hold any bitterness about our situation. And um, yeah, and we're just grateful to be friends. Oh, for sure. Oh, wow. Wow. What a really like trippy episode. <laughs> no, yeah, it's kind of weird. It kind of, it's so hard to know how much actually comes into play with with making up who you are and your personality. But I definitely mm-hmm. think, like, we, I hope some people listening maybe can relate to what we touched on today and maybe feel the same way. Yeah, and I hope you come to a point where even thinking about the ways that your life would be different, that you accept and enjoy the person that you are. Yes. Despite maybe not being able to drive. Yes. Oh, well, that's another way our lives would be different. We'd be having those keys. <laughs> We've been driving the cars. We'd be swinging those car keys. Woo-woo. Um, yeah, around be, and around. That would be weird. 
Yeah. <laughs> that would be so strange. Oh, my gosh. And we wouldn't have all the cute sunglasses. There are just so many things. But There's so many things. We also probably wouldn't be as aware of skin protection. Where yeah, sunscreen. That would not be as Honestly, good. Honestly, we could sit here for another three hours. Let's do it. Talk about all ah, the woo! Um, But no, we do appreciate you listening. We hope you enjoyed it as always. Um, and we and will ha- see you. Yes. Oh. Oh, were you gonna nope. say? No, nope. always done. Oh, we we will we will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.